0: Let's
1: get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that is welcoming, welcoming somebody. We found him, we found him. My name is... Yes, yes. But before we get on to that, before we get on to that, the person is saying hello. I will, let me introduce myself. Let me be trying to be professional about this. My name is Tosin Ajayi. I am the host of Netflix Cinema, and I am based in the both well, in the UK in the Midlands. And joining us as always on the Isle of Wight is Sharon Bolin. Hello. And making a long-awaited return, a long-awaited return. We got him, we have claimed him back from Thailand for at least one evening, and that is Sean Harris. How are you doing, Sean? Oh, how are you? How are (laughs) you? Doing good, man, doing good. Good, So, and, and this is a week, this is a week because we've had a couple of weeks where... Well, we had one week where there was pretty much nothing in cinemas. Then we had the bank holiday, and then there was like everything in cinemas <laughs> in one go. And we've gone down to a week that has sort of slowed down a bit. And this shows you, Sean, how much we've missed you. We've missed your dedication to going to see films, even if you don't, even if you're, let me put it this way, Sean, you go and see films, even if you're convinced you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. to. St- <laughs> <You> st- <laughs> You still go see those films. So that's why one of the films that we have been talking about for the last two week, two episodes that we haven't gotten around to seeing is Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore, which mm. none of us could... None Ooh. of us... It, it, it's it's not that we didn't have a chance to watch it, it's that we could not muster up the... It, to do with choices, yeah, the choices. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> we, I mean, it is like Holly, Holly's got her Limitless card. I mean, Sharon, you still got your Cineworld Unlimited yeah. card, right? And, and the thing is, we just looked at Fantastic Beast and Secrets we just like, Ugh. in Holly's words, she'll wait for it to come up on TV. But then we have Sean, Sean, who was in Thailand and still went, you know what? I'm going to see that film, even though, even though I remember what you said about the second one, because we reviewed it on this show. So <laughs> I remember what you said about the second one. So Sean, welcome back. You are, you are well, well, welcome back. And Thank so you very have, much. We have I'm two to things, back. yeah, good stuff, man. We have two things in cinema this week, and so obviously we've spoken about Fantastic Beasts: Secrets of Dumbledore, but we also have The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which I believe, Sean, you also saw. I did, yes, because yes. you are, after all, Sean Harris, and Sean <laughs> Harris sees everything so... <laughs> when he can. When he can.
2: Have you seen Morbius yet?
3: I've not seen Morbius. That was why I went to Fantastic Beasts. I went to the because uh, there were like two cinemas. And I looked at the times, and I went to the the wrong centre. I was going to go to see Morbius, but the timings were wrong, and it was the Thai version, not the not the English with Thai subtitles. So I ended up. I thought, oh well. I said, what's closest to what? what what's near? What's times? Then so that was the that was the closest time. So it was it was to do with timing more than choice, I think.
1: <laughs> no, no, no problem. I I'm, pick up
0: Oscar. Awesome.
1: I mean, I'm happy if we never review Morbius on this show, but right. <laughs> I've spoken about I've spoken about my prejudices over the last couple of weeks. I've spoken about how, uh, about my, yeah, yeah, there's no other word for it, prejudices, where I'm just kind of like, I, I just can't, I, I just can't. The Sony, the Sony superhero stuff is stupid. But anyway, Sean, you were going to say something.
3: I was, yeah. There was another film I saw when I was out there and it was called um, X.
1: Like oh yeah, 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 yeah. I I, I reviewed X. I reviewed did you? X. Yeah, well, yeah, I didn't
3: catch on that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna listen to that one then.
1: So don't, <laughs> don't give me any spoilers there because I'll go. All right, cool. I'll go and listen to that one. All right, cool. Good stuff. Um, now and so obviously those are the two things we're going to talk about. Um, in cinema, Sharon, what did you see? What have you? You have you've had a cinema lean week.
2: Yes, no cinema this week, because I did a triple bill last week. So this week I managed to catch up on a couple of films. Um, I was going to review a Netflix um, new release called How It Ends. Okay. I also saw another film called I Am Woman, which is a a Helen Reddy biopic.
1: Oh, yeah, about the lady who sang the song. Yes. Yeah, okay.
2: So I've seen those two, but I wasn't sure if you had anything you wanted to review. So I was going to bring to the table how
1: it ends all right cool cool um uh, how it ends i did have something i had a film called oxygen a french film called oxygen that i saw on netflix as well um it's one of these films that says a oh, netflix original but i think it, the film existed and netflix just said well, we will get the rights to show it in the uk and call it an original so sure. it's yeah. all right cool so with that being the case let us start in probably about the only place that we can start this week, which is the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. <laughs> which which wins which wins one of the titles of the year. I mean, I think I think it's just kind of like one of those things that you hear the title and straight away you kind of go, alright, cool. What's that all about? The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. This is a film in which you have Nicolas Cage playing Nick Cage. So. <laughs> It's already so far so meta. The film kicks off on what you see is you see a scene from the, from the action movie Con Air starring Nicolas Cage. And then there's a, there's a lady watching it, um, I believe she's Spanish, she's watching it with her boyfriend and, um, and she's like oh Nicolas Cage is so cool and then somebody burst into her room kidnaps her and then you get to meet the real Nick Cage who is meeting up with a director and he's trying to convince the director to cast him in this film and everything like that and you go into this whole idea of what Nick Cage's life is like and it goes very meta because you have Nicolas Cage playing himself and addressing a lot of the criticisms that people give the real life Nicolas Cage like he works too much, why does he make so many straight to video movies what, what's going on, is he good or is he bad well he's never going to be as good as he was in The Rock <laughs> <laughs> All that kind of stuff. All that kind of, okay, so for anybody, if you if you're watching the video of this, you will see that Sean Sean has been changing his background to things that ref, that ref, that re, that link to and they're wearable with the style and Now we just have a picture of Nicolas Cage in Face Off. And <laughs> Which plays a part in the film, so you have all these things. That it it and to begin with, it gets all meta and stuff, where you talk about Nicolas Cage talking about himself, Nicolas Cage playing himself. There, and he his then the plot kicks in when his um, his agent says, "Look, you're being offered one million pound or one million dollars." To go to this guy's birthday party, this guy called Javi in uh, in Mallorca in Spain. He's like, go along to it because you need the money and there isn't any film. There's no film offer right now. And he goes along to the he goes along to the meet Javi, who's played by Pedro Pascal, who is a massive Nicolas Cage fan. Thinks he's the best thing ever. (laughs) Thinks that he's a life changing (laughs) actor. And like, oh my god, Nicolas Cage! Oh my god, Nicolas Cage! And absolutely loves him. And then there's some FBI agents or CIA agents who show up and there's some stuff that goes in and then it gets a little bit sky capery and so and so forth so that's what the film's about that's what the film's about the main thing you're going to be showing up for is Nicolas cage playing Nicolas cage that is the main thing you're going to be showing up for and then other stuff happens plot and all that Sean, what did you think of this
3: yeah yeah it was um well for me uh as i say it was um it started off absolutely i was i was all more or less in hysterics i was quite chuckling to myself i thought it was uh <laughs> and like you were saying about um Oh, who's the actor? He's the guy who plays a Mandalorian. You did say. Yeah, that, Pedro, Pascal. Pet- Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. That's right. He was so convincing, as he was almost like in love with him. There was almost like a, <laughs> yeah.
1: a homoerotic it's, it's, it's thing a, it's between a, them. It's a total, it's a total buddy romance, like the buddy buddy <laughs> romance with a high high emphasis on the romance. Yeah, yeah,
3: high emphasis, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was like, and I thought it was like, I mean. It was almost believable, like he was was you know so so enamoured, so in love with Nick Cage that Nick Cage was the greatest. And there's a few other people. Oh, Nick Cage! <laughs> um, and that you know, there's there's like some sub props. it's like the CIA you get involved and stuff. And yeah. Just, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I I I really thought this was quite funny. I was chuckling quite a lot. A few people laughing. Um, and as i say yeah was, as the film went on a little bit it
1: became a little bit to uh, should we say not a parody but you know it sort of became yeah well, that that's the it, it's it's a bit of a parody it's a bit of a bit satire of a parody, i suppose yeah, 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 it, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a bit of a satire and i think and as the film goes on because you already have this meta idea of nicolas cage playing playing himself or playing a version of himself because he has a wife whom who It's not played by his role, it's played by Sharon Horgan. He has a daughter, and then they have this whole thing where obviously his daughter doesn't like him and is there and it's then there's this sort of like redemption arc about whether Nick Nick Cage is going to sort of like, you know, reclaim his family. And towards as the film goes on, as Sean says, I feel like it gets a bit generic. As the film goes on, it gets a bit it made me think of because every now and then you have a film that starts off as a comedy but then sort of morphs into sort of like an action body comedy. And it made me think a little bit of Pineapple Express because Pineapple Express does a similar thing, where it starts off as this sort of stoner comedy where these people <laughs> have no direction in life, and the final reel of it looks like an action movie. <laughs> and, and this does something very similar, where it starts off as this meta commentary on Nicolas Cage, on fame, on Hollywood, on whether people are movie stars or whether they're actors, and it's it, it it goes all this of the. But then as you go along, it I feel like. It's almost like the guy who was writing it, like Tom Gormick and who directed it. It's almost as if he was writing and he was going, Oh, great ideas. I'm coming up with all these scenarios that Nicolas Cage can be in. Nicolas Cage talking to his younger self. Nicolas Cage watching Paddington 2. Nicolas Cage chatting with Pedro Pascal. And then it's almost as if he went, Oh, we need to finish this thing somehow. And I couldn't figure out mm-hmm. how to finish it. And there's bits in the film where they're talking about how you finish the film. <laughs> so it becomes... and. And around about that point, around about the bit where where the film starts becoming self-referential, that's where I feel like it starts to lose its magic a bit. Mm-hmm. It starts to lose its magic a bit. So in the end, it is still funny, but it is generic funny as opposed to weird. What the heck am I going on? Self-referential mm-hmm. funny. So so I I've I've been going back and forth on how many stars to give this thing. I've been going back and forth between three and four. Um like I think all day because I think the first part of the film, let's say probably the first half of the film, I would give that a four. But the way it gets really generic, and towards the end, there was, it's just stuff I've seen other films do before. Even the final bit, there's a final bit that goes meta, film within a film within a film within a film kind of thing. Yeah. And I've seen that done in, there's a film called Have Plenty, that I've, I've seen that done in. And it's, uh, so I think, I think I'm going to have to give it a three, but it's which is a shame because I think the first half of the film is excellent.
3: Yeah, I, I, I concur totally, totally with that. I'm I'm in, in an absolute total agreement with that. That It's just like a I Want to say yeah, so it's like you know the, the first film four stars definitely really enjoyable and then it sort of starts to get a little bit um, yeah. That's, that's, that's the word, generic, a little bit generic. So I'm afraid I'm gonna have to give it a three
1: as well. It's gonna have to be a three star. Shame, yeah. really, because it's, it starts it, off terrific. It's a shame, but I, I would recommend it. I would recommend it. And it it, I think that there's one particular scene, like it's, it's Nicolas Cage make, taking the absolute piss out of himself, because, yeah. because there is, there's one particular scene where it's kind of like he's about to, he, he's pretty much about to slip into a coma and the and what they say to him to snap him out of the coma is just kind of so. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh no! I, I was like, go go watch it, go watch it. There's a lot of stuff in there. All right, so that I mean, is it's the, worth it's
3: worth a watch, isn't it? It's a good three stars. So it's worth a good it's,
1: it's, to watch. Like we were, we were talking about this last week, and we we're talking about how um, you can have a three star movie. I can't remember what film it was. I think oh, it was The Lost, the Lost City. City. Yeah, The Lost City that Sharon Sharon reviewed last week. I are talking about how you can have a three-star movie, but it's a three-star movie that you would recommend anybody to watch. it feel like yeah. I honestly—it's—and I, I figured this out, Sharon. After we after we finished, I was after we finished recording, I figured out what it was in my head. I was like, it might be a three-star movie, but it's like a five-star watching experience.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, as opposed to five-star movies that might be a two-star watching experience, like yeah. Twelve Years a Slave. Brilliant film, never watching so there's again.
2: Some worthy films that are excellent, but they're not exactly entertaining because they're.
1: Yeah, 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 that's it.
2: Their own worthiness. Yeah. But yeah. there's some films that are hugely entertaining, but they're just, you know, that's yeah. all they are, just entertainment.
1: They, they, they knock about. They're knockabouts. All right, cool. So that is the kickoff for us with cinema. And now we move over to Netflix and Friends, or actual Netflix. I think, I think this is actually a straight-up fight this week between Netflix and cinema. So mm-hmm. we have a film that, Sharon, you saw called How It Ends. Yes. Now, okay, I have to say, these are some good titles this week. Uh, so far, These, I think The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, I would watch that film based on the title alone. How It Ends, that intrigues me and wants, makes me want to actually sort of like watch it. So tell us, what is how is How It Ends about?
2: How It Ends is an apocalyptic drama as opposed to a post-apocalyptic drama. This is basically how we see the end of the world unfold through the eyes of one particular man. And the particular man is played by Theo James, and he is basically on, he's he's lived with his partner on like the West Coast. And he has traveled to the East Coast for a meeting. And he meets up with his partner's family, played by Forrest Whitaker, um, is his is his like prospective father-in-law. And he has gone out there to sort of talk to them about getting married to their daughter. They don't really approve of their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always easy. Forrest Whitaker is like an ex-army. He's very controlling. He's very um particular about what he wanted for his daughter and this young lawyer played by Theo James wasn't particularly it. Yeah. So just as they're he doesn't he sort of bottle's basically asking his dad's permission. And just as they're about to go, um, something happens. There's some some event on their west coast that they don't know what's happened, but they the television starts reporting that we've lost all contact with California. We've lost all contact with that western seaboard, and they don't know what's happening. And then, as they're watching this news, um, the news stations start to fail, and some of the technology they've got starts to fail. Mm. And so they decide that because that is where their daughter stroke girlfriend is not stroke, because they're not the same person. But you know, it's Sir James's girlfriend. Stoke fiance and Forest Whitaker's daughter, they think that like, we have to go yeah. and find out what's happening. So it then sort of turns into this road trip, whereas the, as they cross country, they basically see the, some of the rules of civilization start to break down, where because um, the infrastructure has more or less sort of ceased to exist, um, they have difficulties about finding food, finding fuel getting across the country, people suddenly wanting to be competitive about access to fuel and food. And we've seen with our own recent pandemic that behaviours that you would thought that wouldn't happen, suddenly people do become it's all about me when yeah. they are pushed into a corner. Because we've seen, you know, when we've gone to the supermarkets, instead of just buying what we need, people suddenly start stripping shelves. And we all saw that, though, know, within the last two years. Yeah. The situation where he's trying to cross country and suddenly people who were, you know, would have been perfectly civil to him, you know, days before and now only after their own interests. And so he is he and encounter sort of this hostility, these different trials and tribulations and yeah, that as sort of civilization breaks down as well as. The natural world begins to start shows like signs of cracking. They have like this phenomena, there's weird storms, there's birds that migrate into weird patterns. Yeah, and they different people along the way. So it's like a road trip, it's like an odyssey, where at each point in the journey you have these uh, these encounters, these events, these uh, these different signposts to say, this is the world as we recognise it, but it's beginning to fall apart. Mm. And so this is basically the story of the film. It's this road trip as as he gets further west, the more things no less, start to yeah. fall apart.
1: So, so okay, so with that general idea, general premise, what did you think of the film?
2: I thought I had some interesting ideas. It reminds me a little bit of a book I read a long time ago called The Death of Brass*, which was set just after the Second World War in England, and how how rapidly that just, just depicts how rapidly civilizations sort of breaks down. And I suppose in some regards, this does the same thing uh, where it's talking about how we aren't just going to sort of go down like a gentle decline. It's going to like fall off a cliff. Yeah. It's going to be um, sudden and dramatic. Well, that, it that is.
1: civilization is quite fragile.
2: Yes. So there's interesting things. He had some interesting things to say. There's some of the acting was better than I thought it would be because in some of these, Forest Whitaker can either be very good or he can be um, a bit hammy.
1: Yeah. A <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let, let, Let's just say that Rogue One. Rogue One has sort of like, you know, I think Rogue One has put Forest in the bin as far as Sean is concerned. Treachery! <laughs>
2: <laughs> because he does have a, a bit of the whole, what's, it, what's the expression? Is it chewing wallpaper or something? Oh
1: no, chewing the scenery. Chewing the scenery.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had, there was There was moments when he was that because he's this ex-army guy and I didn't always believe that he was. mm quite frankly. And just the way he talked, I'm thinking, I don't believe that you were in the army for 30 years. I'm sorry, I just don't believe you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so you have that little, that takes you out of the drama because you think I'm just not convinced by the character. So there are elements where he was good. There are elements where I'm thinking, no, 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 I don't just don't buy it. Um, But on the whole, I thought they did it very well. The the people they encounter, the choices people make, the some of the, the scenes, and yeah, I thought that on the whole, it was, it was done as well as you can make this sort of film, which is purely speculative and um, a bit oh. depressing. <laughs> yeah.
1: So um, uh, how many stars would you give it?
2: I would give it a three star rating because it's basically a road trip where you meet strange people. And we have seen that tell before.
0: Mm-hmm. And so I
2: don't think offered anything particularly new um, but it was interesting, in and what, what they did have to offer, and it sort of kept me entertained for what it was. But I don't think it ever elevated into, you know, me, you know, thinking about what deeper issues it would could raise, you know, <laughs> about it, society.
1: Sharon, did you ever see the film Greenland, the Gerald Butler film? No. All right, cool. Never mind. Then there's no, then there's no compare contrast that you can do on that because I was I, 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 was, I was wondering if I was going to I was, I was going to try and compare the two of them. But what you were saying about it reminds me about a film called Blowing Up Right Now that I saw a couple of weeks back. And this is a small indie movie that sounds like it sounds like the film you're talking about, but with less money. Yeah. <laughs> less money there. so it's about two people who are in a relationship on the on the west coast as well and then they get this message coming through that there's missiles coming over there's missiles coming over it's going to wipe out the entire west Desi- and it's about what people are going to do and it's all like a sort of ground level of these two people are in a relationship and what are they going to do when they're told that they only have like you know 12 hours to live before it all goes up what are you going to do it with- oh and also Oh, okay. Now I remember also some other films. There's a film with Steve Carell and Keira Knightley called "Seeking yeah. a Friend for the End of the World." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, sounds yeah, a bit sorry. sounds sounds like you know covers similar ground.
2: Yeah, I think there are. It definitely falls into this sort of group of films about about apocalypses rather than the post-apocalypse. Yeah, but not done in, like that dreadful. What was it? moonfall thing i saw not so long
1: ago
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is more like a, it's trying to pull it down <laughs> this sort of like pulls it down to like an interval level like <coughs> monsters you know with that film a few years ago oh
1: yeah monsters yeah
2: yeah so where people you see it on the ground bit, and you never see the big picture like in this film it's not a particular spoiler you never actually see what it is yeah that yes. has caused this you never yeah. find out they, they drop some hints and you see some evidence of you know an event but you never actually see um as i well, think a lot of these you may, you may not do if you're like a small person living your quiet life and if there is an apocalypse somewhere you're not necessarily going to know exactly the minutiae of how it came yeah,
1: about yeah yeah
2: yep so well, yeah, in that regard, it's interesting. But yeah, we've been down this road before, so I don't think offered anything particularly new. But it was still, you know, entertaining for that. So I'll definitely give it three star.
1: Yeah. Also, uh, oh, I, oh, don't look up. Oh man, this is this is like a fertile sub genre. <laughs> don't, <yes. laughs> don't, don't look up as well. All right, all right, cool. So three stars for how it ends. And now, now, Sean. We have tried to avoid this film for the best part of a month. We but, but finally, Shawnee Bugman, Shawnee Bugman Harris has shown up and has gone, this is the way you do it. If you're going to call yourself a film podcast, you don't just go see the films that you think you're going to like. You go see all of the films. So, so now, okay, this is Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore, the... Whatever number, the, I think it's the 10th the tenth movie that has been made in the Harry Potter universe. And now I remember both of us went to, well, I don't think we saw it together, but we, we, we both saw the last one, which was uh, The Crimes of Grindelwald or whatever. Yeah. And I, I believe, yeah. what you've seen that as well? I have seen it. Yeah. I can't remember I- much
2: about it other than a like, lot of running around, but...
1: I just remember us giving a scathing review of this film and talking about how stupid it was because nothing made any sense, nothing happened. and they keep trying to tell you that something is important when it just really isn't. And they just and the and in a film that's called Fantastic Beasts, they're totally ignoring all the beasts. They're totally <laughs> ignoring all the beasts, <laughs> yeah. and they're trying to give you Voldemort Part Two. And I'm like, I don't want Voldemort Part Two. I came here to see Beasts. You put Beast in the title. Give me some Beasts. But anyway, that is my um my Fantastic <laughs> Beasts rant. <laughs> That's all right. One, one second.
3: Uh, if one second, I'm just going to turn off. The, I put the light on to light me up a bit, but it's like like a disco ball. So, alright, way out. So I'm just going to turn it off again.
1: Okay, so so you, you go turn off the you go turn off the light and uh, then like, you I'm come. Right, I'm back. Yeah, there okay, we go. So, so okay, <laughs> Sh- Sean. I don't really think we need to know much about the plot of this film, if I'm going to be honest with you. We know that there's going to be wizards, yeah. there's going to be Dumbledore. Dumbledore's trying to stop Grindelwald. He's using New Scamander to do it. Yeah. yeah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. Plot's inconsequential as far as I'm concerned. The main thing is, what did you think of this film, especially after the okay. second one? Well, I'm gonna, I'll, 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 I'll
3: put a little bit in context. It's basically, it starts off with... Um, Oh, was it Eddie Eddie Redmayne? I forget his name. Yeah, Eddie Redmayne, Newt Scalander. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Newt Newt Scalander, and he's looking for this creature, and then he gets attacked, and this creature gets sort of robbed by Grindelwald um, because it can tell the future and whatever. But there is a twin. There is a twin, which he manages to save. and There's there's a lot going on. It's it's quite political, this one. It's quite political because it's all to do with the wizarding community, and they're voting, like, who is going to be the... Who's going to be the leader? Should we say the whole leader? And of course, Grindelwald <coughs> wants to get rid of all the, the muggles and and this—he's he's got this beast, the one that can select the leader. Yeah, the <laughs> that sounds pretty weird. But if it bows down, then you know the, that, that. It, it, it
1: sounds—it sounds like the Sorting Hat. The sorting yeah, yeah, hat yeah, yeah.
3: Really that's it. it. Yeah, that's it. That's it, basically. So that's that's the story. So it's they decide. Oh, what what we've got to do is. You've got some other characters from pre- previous movies in it. You've got the, the pie bloke. I can't remember any of their names. I'm really sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Jack Kowalski. Name, but, um, yeah, Jack Kowalski, and um, obviously his girlfriend, the one that could read the mind. She's oh, yeah. She's with yeah. Roll now. Okay. Yeah. So. It, 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 uh, sorry.
1: Okay.
3: It's all I wanna, to I wanna, I wanna, I wanna I want to let you talk. Yeah, no, I'm no, no, no. with, oh, going, about going about, into a rant. Without I, going into a I rant. I get on about all. this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, anyway. So that's that's okay. Well the story is like you've got wizards, you've got good wizards, you've got bad wizards, you've got wizards that don't know if they're good or bad and you know, that type of thing. And you've got some of these these beasts that some of them are quite cute. You've got the old little cutie things like that leaf thing that can pick locks, which is really good yeah, 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 person yeah. to have, isn't it? If you get locked up or someone got locked up, you've got it's really, you know, that's quite handy. And if you need something pinch and you've got that mole thing again. Um pinches things puts in his pants so that's very that's very handy in certain situations you know pops yeah. in
1: and that yeah the niffler as i okay, say so. w- w- with this franchise i think that the creatures are the best thing i like the yeah, creatures yeah. Uh, yeah, but, but never mind carry on but uh, uh, well, already have... you, can, you can see that i feel like the creatures are going to be sidelined in this film Wait, but yeah. never mind <laughs> okay well
3: surprisingly surprisingly okay surprisingly it wasn't I didn't it wasn't as bad as the, the previous two. It was okay. slightly better than the previous two. I mean, it was very, shall we say, it was very schmaltzy in parts, you know, with like characters coming back from the other one, or you know, people getting back together and you, you know, they'd fallen apart, we hadn't seen each other for ages. So there was there was all that sort of bits in it. But it was certainly it was there was a, there was quite a lot of politics in it. It was very much like a uh, um different sides and like when they were voting for the uh, the different types i don't know i can't i couldn't i wouldn't say it's any sort of social commentary or anything but it was um there was certainly certain tones about it you know little groups of people being real nationalists and other ones saying no 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 so you did have a bit of bit of conflict there political conflict mm-hmm. um so, yeah, so it wasn't, it was, it's the best out of the ones I've seen. I mean, I hate Harry Potter, you know I did. I mean, I just, I just, and, and as I say, like we said about the Fantastic Beasts ones, but this one did have a few redeeming qualities. It wasn't, it wasn't I, as bad as,
2: ask I mean, one question. To the I want to
1: know. Shara, Shara, is this is this going to be? Is Ma- this the first? Yes. Are you are you How, going to? What,
2: what's Mads like? Yeah, it? yeah,
3: yeah. And he does. I think in some t- sometimes you do see his his chest.
1: You know, because there uh, so okay. he's got oh, there okay. certain so, times. But so this
0: is this is Mads Mickelson. Mads Mickelson
1: <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen, who has replaced Johnny Depp as the character of Grindelwald. So, obviously, he's Rob- going to play a big part mm-hmm. in this. And, uh, obviously, this is the only reason Sharon might even possibly see this film. Ever. I
2: wouldn't even, even contemplate it.
3: Was I- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, anyway, basically, the story is... I mean, maybe... Because when I was in Thailand, I didn't see quite so much films and this, so this probably had more of...
1: You know, I wasn't so damning, should we say. You know, well, oh, when was, uh, like when... So, right, so- when I saw Wonder Woman 1984, and I had seen the film for a while, and I was like, "Oh my god, that was all right." And then in the weeks afterwards, thinking about it, I was like, "Actually, no, that really wasn't." It was
3: awful. Yeah. So, so, but no, no, this, this, this is the best of the ones. This is a bit more. It's got enough in it.
0: Hey, I Hey, am, Holly. Sorry, I'm late. It's
1: yeah, got no, enough in it to, to to give it a three star. Okay, Sorry. so so three star, three star, and three star. Yeah. So Holly, Holly, Holly's can got to you tell guess me
3: what film that is? Holly, okay,
1: exactly. What... Can you can you figure out what film it is that Sean has just given a three star?
0: I reckon it's Dumbledore. Yeah. It, <laughs> it,
1: it is Fantastic Beast: The Secret of Dumbledore. The secrets of double, though, that's it. Sean has finally, we're saying that Sean has decided that he is going to be the grown-up in the room. He I is going to be in, he, the grown-up he, in the What's awkward. the film in the background, Holly? Of my oh,
3: background.
0: oh.
1: Okay, for those of you who are listening to this and not actually watching it. <laughs> really good
0: question. I'm having a complete mental block.
1: Yep. Sean has, okay. the, Sean has Sean has this habit of changing his background to films, to different different films, and so right now he has a film, um, he has a film in the background. And actually, let me try and see if you can figure this out at home just by listening to this. This has Nicolas Cage. So this is Nicolas Cage in uh, dressed in a black suit, white shirt, black tie, not like a like a normal tie, not like a tuxedo, holding two guns oh. while looking at somebody <laughs> off screen. So he's holding two guns up aloft. And I think for it's quite a famous shot, and for some people that might that description might be enough for you to figure out what film is in Sean's background right now. Sh- I would uh, just
2: say it looks slightly Tarantino esque, though it's not.
1: E- yes. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's there's, a bit
0: there's a large um flower arrangement of what looks to be <laughs> roses. <laughs> and there is a cross on the wall.
1: Yes. So he this is this is so this is um Nicolas Cage in a black suit, white shirt, black tie, carrying two guns aloft in what seems to be a church. And I can pretty much guarantee you that at some point after this scene they were doves in slow motion. Now all those things, <laughs> all those things together pretty much tell you who the director is and therefore tell you what the film was.
0: <laughs> Frozen brain. I
1: I <sighs> Okay, so all those things we just mentioned, shoot out in a church, doves, slow motion, they are all hallmarks of a certain Mr. John Woo. And this film is a double-hander between Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. Oh,
0: yes. <laughs> I had wondered and then thought, I can't remember It's so long since I've seen
1: it. Yeah, but don't worry, don't worry. If you see The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent... It will refresh it all for you. It will refresh uh, it all for you. So, so yes, as I said, Sean has decided to be the grown up, and he's decided to go see the Secrets of Dumble. Dumbledore These, I mean, you know, this Fantastic Beasts. It's going to be worse than you know the you know the ape movies: the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, the Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the War for the Planet of the Apes. And you can never remember which one has what title. <laughs> I think I think the Fantastic Beast movies are going to be worse because they have given these titles that I feel like have nothing to do with what the actual film is but Sean says Sean says and this is going to be my paraphrase Sean says that Mads Mikkelsen has shown up and saved the day <laughs> <laughs> so Mads Mikkelsen has come and sprinkled his Mads magic all over the thing as Sharon knew that he would, Sharon never lost the faith uh, <laughs> never lost
0: yeah. it didn't have not Possibly have being somebody who beats up their spouse, which I think is a big plus for people these days, isn't it? We like that in films. Uh, know, no domestic violence or I, lawsuits thereof.
1: That that thing is a mess that I don't even want to talk about. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: We will save that for another day. That
1: whole thing is a mess. I do not want to talk about. So it's... um, All right, cool. So, and now we go on to what was originally going to be a final thing before we realized that Holly was going to just pop in and uh, join us. So we... um, Holly, if you have something that you want to talk about afterwards, you have the five minutes that I'm going to talk about oxygen (laughs) to... To, to figure out what that is. But I want to talk. So, the film that I'm bringing to the table from, as we go back to the Netflix side of things, is a Netflix film. It's a film called Oxygen. Or, in, in, in French, it's spelled with an E at the end. I'm not sure how the French spent, whether it's oxygen. Uh, so right, like, yes, bad. Yeah, so, and this film is. The, the, the idea, it's a very simple idea. The, the whole film starts off, and you have Melanie Laurent, who's a woman, who wakes up. The film starts off with her waking up. And when she wakes up, she's covered in this sort of like webbing, which she's trying to rip off her face. And you can feel her ripping it up and she's trying to breathe. And she rips this thing off, off herself. And then she realizes that she's in a box, quite frankly. But it's not just a box. It's a high-tech box. There's an AI. There's all these sort of like swirly type. It's it's like it's like being trapped in an iPhone. It's almost like she's been trapped in a box. That if If Apple invented a box, this is what this thing would be. And as the as it goes on, this AI starts talking to her and telling her, "Oh, my name is Milo. Or, Don't worry, I'm still here. Yes, my camera's gone off, so I will keep talking." So it's like this AI tells her, "My name is Milo. You are in a um, in a cryogenic chamber, and you have woken up uh, prematurely from the cryogenic suspension that you're supposed to be in. Oh, and by the way, we've had a problem with the oxygen reserves. You have 37, you have 37 percent of oxygen, and you have about 70 minutes to survive." and that's how the film kicks off and then the entire film is pretty much it pretty much takes place inside this cryogenic chamber so all you see is menly laurent and you see her in this confined space trying to figure out why she's there who she is because she can't quite remember who she is because she just come out cryogenic suspension she's trying to remember why am i here who am i what is going on how do I keep myself from dying in 72 minutes because I only have 37% of oxygen left and that and she is pretty she is the only well she is 95% the only person you see in this entire film and it's all about her, and it's all about her, and it's all and I really love the way that they use the space because it's just a box. And I think it has some similarities to the Ryan Ryan Reynolds film, Buried, in that it's just kind of this person in this confined space. But I think it also has a little bit of the Martian in it. So if you ever saw The Martian, read the book or watched the film with Matt Damon in it, where it's all about things are going wrong. And every year, you've got to figure it out. You've got to figure it out based just what you have there. And, but you have to figure it out in a—you've got to figure it in a logical, scientific way that makes sense. How to actually deal with this whole thing. And I think that that's the genius of this film, in that the steps that she takes to figure out what's going on, why am I here, who am I, what—they are all logical. And the way she sort of works with the AI, because the AI being the AI does a lot of computer says no. It's like, no, sorry, can't do that. Sorry, no, can't do that. Computer says no. And then she has to figure out a way of asking the right questions so that the AI does what she wants to do or gives it the information that she needs to have. And I thought this was a very, very good film. It was a, it was a recommendation I got from, if you've ever seen the, um, if, there's a YouTube channel called What Culture? And they had a, a, they had a, a list of, Ten sci-fi movies that you probably ten is ten brilliant sci-fi movies that you probably have never seen, and this was on one of them. So I went through them, found of the ten, there's about seven of them on Netflix. So I went and found them on found them on Netflix. I'm like okay, yeah, I'll give this a watch, and this is one I was really, really, really happy about. I was really happy. I think Melanie Laurent, who I've never seen act in French, I've only ever seen her act in English. And there's something about when people are acting in a second language that makes them sometimes almost a bit stilted, and you don't really get to see how good they are. And in this, I'm like, she is brilliant. She is brilliant. She holds your attention and it's not until after the film's over that you go, hang on a second. That film was mostly her face. <laughs> it's it's so it's it's really really well done because you have like sometimes you have simple things like this that can be well done or can be messed up. A bit like the Tom Hardy movie Lock, which is just him driving in a car and talking to people on the phone, but it's still really 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 engaging. So it is uh, i think it's i think it's really well done i think this is a great film i would recommend this to anybody and i would give oxygen or oxygen four stars and i would would say so sean this is one netflix movie and i know you have this you have your whole thing about netflix movies where you think that in netflix movies the only thing that they do is they just make rubbish and then (laughs) they expect you to come watch it this is a film that has a netflix title on it but is not rubbish it is one that i would 100% 100% recommend you actually track and find out.
3: I did hear someone, I don't know if I heard it or read it or what it was, but was saying that because Netflix have actually spent too much money on making movies, and, um, you know, they're sort of in a bit of bit of financial difficulty because they've just been making things, even if, you know, people aren't watching them. I don't know if that's true or not.
1: Well, there's, 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 oh, wait, hang on, that's my timer up for talking yeah. Well, there's always, a, there's always a thing about that with Netflix. And I know that recently the recent thing is that Netflix have lost about 200,000 subscribers. And they did go big and they did borrow a lot of money to make a whole bunch of original content because they saw what was going to happen, which is that people started realizing Netflix was getting, Netflix was getting really, really powerful. So, there's a whole bunch of people who had their content on Netflix that are like, going, wait, 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 why are we letting Netflix do this? So, all of a sudden, next thing you know, that's why you have the streaming wars. All these different people started making their own streaming platforms. So Disney Plus, we're, we're going to have a Disney thing. That we're going to take all the Marvel stuff away from Netflix and all the Star Wars stuff away from that. We're going to have that in house. And then NBC said we're going to have Peacock and we're going to bring everything. We're going to take Friends away from you. And then um, HBO went, okay, we're going to have HBO Max. And so all these different people who used to who used to be happy to give Netflix their content are now going. Hang on a second, Netflix. Netflix model is working, so they're taking everything away from Netflix. So Netflix spends a whole bunch of money to make original stuff, so that when everybody takes anything, everything away from Netflix, Netflix still has stuff to show. And so they have bet bit on they they've bet big on it. And the fact is that people will say, "Oh, they're in trouble. All oh, this, all oh, that." I don't really know. God knows. No, no nobody. It, it, it's like the VHS versus Betamax thing. Nobody yeah, really knows just, who's going to win.
3: It's just a rumor isn't <laughs> it? it's the rumor mill.
1: Yeah, um, I guess. Yeah. yeah, so Netflix might be in trouble. Who knows? Netflix might not. But Netflix, what, what Netflix definitely does have is more competition than they've ever had before. And, uh, yeah, that, that they've ever had before. But anyway, that was me. I would say four stars for Oxygen. I would recommend it. I would say go watch it. Meneline Laurent is brilliant. And it's just a really, really well-written script, a well-thought-out of how would you go about figuring out, um, how would you go about figuring out your way out of this mess, and I think even the even the point where it comes to is very logical. It's very logical, and I and I really really like that in the film. So yeah, Oxygen. I would I would recommend that. So Holly, did you have anything you wanted to bring forward?
0: It's it's I'm not bringing forward either a film or a series, but I'm going to mention that we talked the other week about um, uh, pieces of her.
1: Yes, species of her, yes.
0: And I am now reading slash listening to the book.
1: Yes, you said uh, you, you bought that while we were recording. Yes. So <laughs>
0: I have not I have not finished it yet. I'm still at the at the beginning and I'm mostly listening to the audiobook. But it it already doesn't feel it's it's got a lot of similarities so far. Yeah. I'd say it's it feels consistent but and and it's coming together. Nicely, so I will report back further as a point of comparison to
1: see to see whether it whether it comes together nicer than the TV show.
0: Yeah, I will I will confirm whether or not it's actually good. And given it's Karen Slaughter who is a, and I appreciate it, we're not here to talk about books, but she is an enjoyable <laughs> author. Uh, she makes a good page turner. Uh, lots of lots of gore. Um, we shall we shall see. But, All right, cool.
1: But Netflix, it's, yeah. Netflix versus cinema versus a good book on a sofa in front of a fireplace. So, exactly. <laughs> so, all right, so Sean has done it again. Sean has decided that he's going to have yet another film in the background. And let me try this. Let me try and describe this and see if you can figure this out before you go online and you see you see what film he has. So continuing the theme that we have this week, this is once again... Okay, let me just... Does, is there anybody who doesn't know who the actor in this shot is? No? Okay, so everybody knows, I can say it's Nicolas Cage. This is Nicolas Cage. This is young Nicolas Cage. We're talking like really, yeah. we're talking really young Nicolas Cage. He has, he has a mustache on. He, he has quite prominent bushy eyebrows. I would say he has sort of like highlights in his hair. He has a little bit of a, it's not quite a fringe, but he has hair that's flopping down to his forehead. He has a shirt on. It's a short-sleeved shirt um, that he's wearing. It's opened. It has a collar. It's blue. It has some sort of pattern on it. And he has what looks like a cut-off sweater underneath it. But this is the key thing that will give away what film this is, that we're looking at behind Sean. Behind him, he has what looks like a crib. And it looks like a crib or a cot. And it looks like it's a crib for multiple kids. And you can see some names over his shoulder. One called Larry, one called Gary, one called Nathan Jr. So this is Nicolas Cage in the film. Oh, the first one's called Harry, because we can see that on, on the bedspread. This is Nicolas Cage in a film that has to do with a lot of kids. He's standing in front of a crib and he's looking up just as if he's just about to be caught. What film do we think this is? I genuinely don't
0: know.
1: You don't know? Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona, says Sharon. Sean, Sean, let us know. What is that? (laughs) I thought
3: the reason I put that in there, Thomas, was because, you know,
1: hey, you're a star. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay, Okay. so, yes, yeah, th- that's right, because this is... Uh, so, if you haven't seen The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, it is not uh, really a spoiler to let you know that there's more than one <laughs> Nicolas Cage in the film. So, <laughs> there's more than one Nicolas Cage in the film, and they have conversations with each other. And one of the Nicolas Cages is Wild at Heart era, Raising Arizona era Nicolas Cage, a young Nicolas Cage, who is essentially who essentially gives quite a graphic pep talk to old nicholas King. <laughs> <laughs> so yes so yeah it, it's uh, it's it's fun it's fun so yeah that that's why we have this on there so all we have left to talk about is who do we think has won this week i know sharon has probably been doing her maths thing I, well yeah cool i think
3: I, I mean this is me just thinking just picked it this week it's probably the streaming
2: Netflix I would think
0: you know we go we'll go Netflix winner
1: this week okay I think yes I think it's a tie okay Sharon thinks it's a tie Holly, Mm -hmm. what do you... Okay, Holly, you weren't here for the whole thing, so you don't know. Yeah, no idea.
0: Well, I've seen seen one cinema and one Netflix, in which case Netflix won.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because we saw... What we had had was Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, uh, Secrets of Dumbledore on the cinema side, How It Ends on Netflix and Oxygen on Netflix. And I will tell you that Sean got it right by one star... One by one star this week, Netflix has got it, and it was Oxygen or Oxygen that did it. Oxygen is the one that did it because we were having a nice, solid, steady week of three stars all across the board. And if Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent had managed to keep up its first hour going all the way to the end of the movie, we would have had a tie. We would have had a tie, but unfortunately, not so. So, um, that's where
2: I thought the tie was because we did talk about. So I thought that's where we had time to talk about how it was a four film at the beginning and then became a three film. And in my head, I was thinking, does that make it a three and a half film? So that's yeah. where <laughs> that's spelled me.
1: Yep. Yep. That's good. But OK, so but but just before we go, just before we say goodbyes, Holly, you said that you went you um, made it to the cinema this week. Yes. I think you saw, you saw something we'd already seen.
0: I did. I saw uh, Operation Mincemeat. You were absolutely right, Sharon. It is superb. Hey. I I will it be. be I watch again when it's streaming. <laughs> there's
3: there's there's a seventies film, isn't there, called uh, The Man Who Wasn't There, I
1: think, which is uh, The Man Who Never Was. Like
3: the Man Who Never Was.
1: Yeah. The man who Never Was. So, she, yeah, Sharon, Sharon told us all about that in her review. Oh, oh right, okay. And it and it, it, it is the same story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just,
0: um, yeah. just brilliant. I, yeah, I was really, really, really impressed with it
1: oh good stuff thank good
0: stuff.
1: recommendation good stuff good stuff all right now we still need to watch the eyes of tammy faye and get back to you holly yes <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm yeah i'm awaiting i'm
1: waiting your feedback we, we still need to do that and if you have listened this far then thank you for number one and number two please do find us on whatever podcast thing there is that you found us on be it google podcast or spotify or apple um, apple podcasts and Leave us a review, tell us what you think Get in touch with us, let us know what you think Let us know what, you, what we should do better Let us know whether Tosin wow. should stop prattling And maybe take some cough medicine before he starts recording So he stops coughing But, but anyway, until next week When, when Sharon might have what, Sharon, what was the film that you might have to see? What was, the, what was the film that you might be dragged to go see next week? that, you, uh, that...
2: Downton
0: Abbey
1: Downton Abbey, a new era.
0: Ooh, Downton
3: Abbey. <laughs> I've not seen one Downton Abbey.
0: Well, <laughs> I'm now watching all of the series so that I can come oh, in right. with some background. Oh,
3: that's good. That's good. Have you, was it, who's been watching The Walking Dead? Did you go with
1: Sharon? Have you played too? I'll, I'll Sean, I can tell you who hasn't been watching The Walking Dead. Yeah, <laughs> who could that be? I wonder. Is that a good old friend? Yeah, there? yeah. yeah <laughs> don't, okay. Not, not going there.
3: So, yeah, I mean, I've got, I mean, I don't, I, I, is it, I mean, I've, I think I'm pretty much up to date with it, but so, I mean, I don't know when we do a review of that, because I, I will have lots, lots and lots to say about that one, but I'd like someone else to have seen it all as well, so.
1: Oh, okay, cool, and so the final thing, uh, and also next week, we, by the time we record next week, I think I will probably be fresh off a midnight showing. Of Doctor Strange Doctor and the Strange. Multiverse of Mal- Madness, which, uh, which I will come back in. I, I imagine that, Sean. Maybe you might be if you're around next week. Probably, and, yeah, yeah. If you might be around next week. I know. Sean, I know. Um, Holly, you won't be here with us next week because you will be watching Doctor Strange while well, we're recording. Eh? And Sharon is trying to. Sharon has a conundrum of whether she she has to go somehow watch Spider-Man: Far From Home before next week so that she can understand what the heck is going on in the multiverse of madness, because that is the way Marvel rolls nowadays. (laughs) But until that time, all I have to say is a goodbye goodbye from me.
2: Goodbye from me.
1: Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. We will see you all next week. Thank you for sticking with us this long. Thank you.